Yo, 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 yo. We are back. We are back on the Shotgun Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Shotgun, Shotgun, Shotgun Steve. With Colin A.T. How's it going? It's going good, man. How you doing? Doing great. Doing real good. It's good to hear. It's always a good day on the Shotgun Fantasy Podcast. And we are back again, episode three. We're bringing you another summer series, Positional Debates. We got the meats, Arby's. We're talking running backs. <laughs> I'm pumped because running backs <laughs> are my favorite part of fantasy football. Are you pumped for running backs or are you pumped for Arby's, man? You sound hungry. I'm pumped for a two for six. Give me the beef. Put the cheddar on it. I heard they got bacon. We got the meats. Let's get it. Let's get it. So we're talking positional debates. We're talking running backs. We're going to give you five matchups. We're going to be talking running back versus running back. Give you the pros, the cons, the goods, the bads, the ups, the downs. The I don't even know what else is like that, but we're talking. We're debating. We're showing ADPs. We're putting strength to schedules. We're saying what their stats were last year. We got it going, and we're going to say who we like. We're going to go back and forth, and let's get it going. I don't want to sit here and keep talking. Thank God, because I don't want to hear it no more. Hey, man, you just got to be a little nicer when we're talking to the folks, the shotgun crew, the marksmen out there setting their sights on the championships. You're right. The you chips. Right. The chips. <laughs> we got the chips here at Shotgun. All the chips. We got the chips. All right. Our first matchup, we are talking running backs. We're talking Christian McCaffrey, my man, versus my other man, Jared McKinnon. I love this matchup because I think they are the same player. Not really, but they're the same player as far as where I have them in my rankings. I have them very close. I have Jerick McKinnon at 11 overall, and I have Christian McCaffrey at 14 overall. I think they're very, very close when it comes to their skills and their skill set, which are the same thing. I think they both catch passes out of the backfield. I like McKinnon in his new role in San Francisco. I think he's going to have a huge role. Really excited to see what he's got going. How do you feel about these guys? I feel pretty good. I feel like especially for a PPR type of style league. Um, oh yeah. I mean they're gonna get they're gonna get catches out of the backfield, especially McCaffrey. I mean that's why they brought him there as like a dual threat running back and wide receiver. And it's gonna be interesting to see how McKinnon is when he has like when he's the number Jimmy one G. guy. Yeah, and he's G, got a dude. full season with Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is single-handedly bringing up his like his value. People are excited about Jimmy G and his ADP is going up, but McKinnon is getting out of control. He's going into the mid-second round. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, people are getting higher and higher on him. I mean, I don't really see why not. I mean, especially with the offense that they were showing last year at the end of the season, those last six games. I mean, it's hard not to it's hard not to be excited about him, especially because it's his first time being able to do it on its own or on his on his own. And so, I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting to see. And if you think about it, I, I don't even know any other running backs. I mean, San Francisco's got Matt Breida, and he was pretty good. But, I mean, the Panthers just got C.J. Anderson. So they each got a little someone to, you know, kind of beat out the carries for. But they're both guys that whether their team's up or down, they're always going to be on the field no matter what the game script. So I like these guys for that reason. I see their value around like, a you know, um, kind of beginning of the third round in like a 10- to 12-man league, maybe a little higher in a 12-man league. Um, but out of these two guys – I'm probably going to go with McKinnon because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the chance that he's going to just completely change as a back in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is just set up for these kinds of running backs. We saw what Devonta Freeman did two years ago, 
him and Tevin Coleman. I mean, it was just amazing. And put him in this offense with the Niners and with Jimmy G and uh, Marquise Goodwin and a couple other weapons, I think they're going to be – he's going to be solid. He's going to get a lot, a lot of work that he's not used to, but I think he's going to thrive. He's really going to thrive. Um, they didn't draft another RB in the draft. I think that's awesome. Now they only have him and Matt Breida. Matt Breida's not a, a three-down back, so I think uh, McKinnon's going to get most of the carries, even around the goal line. We've seen him do it last year. Um, we've never seen him be a true number one guy with all the carries, but uh, I really think he's going to be able to do it. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see it happen. Um, I know you're you're liking more and more of him uh, as closer we get to the season, but I do like McCaffrey. Um, I mean, just the PPR value that he has with all the looks that he does get out of the backfield, it's just hard not to like him, especially just because with C.J. Anderson arriving, like he might limit McCaffrey's volume, but I'm sure C.J. Anderson is just more of like a change of the pace back because, I mean, uh, McCaffrey is a smaller back. Yeah, and honestly, there's one thing about McCaffrey is, like you said, the targets he gets is insane. I think he had the most targets in the league last year, like 110 targets or something like that. Um, it didn't really translate with Cam's accuracy because, I mean, it translated. He had the third most receptions for a running back, but... I think just the targets alone, I mean, like you said, PPR, half PPR, that is just something you cannot pass up at that value in the third round. He's going to get you so many extra points for, for recept, uh, receptions. Yeah, exactly. And, like, he's he's getting the, getting used to everything more, especially with the game flow and just, like, how to use his body and whatnot. So I think he's going to be very smart in that sense. And it's just, like, I feel like it's his offense now in terms of, like what he's going to be doing on the backfield, but it looks like we'll see like come close to the season because who knows what C.J. Anderson's true true role will be. Did you see how yoked he is? Yeah, see he's got pictures gotten... on Twitter. That, that, I mean, someone give that guy a drug test. I mean, I want to see him play, but holy shit! Yeah, he, he definitely yoked. definitely got bigger. I mean, he he has the reason to. I mean, he's like one of the smaller guys out there. He's trying to get some more carries. I think he got like he did not get that many carries on the ground last year. He was mostly through the air. I think he had. 600 and something yards in the air and like 400 and something on the ground. I mean, he had seven touchdowns, but I pro I think five of those were in the air. So I think he's trying to really like uh, make his game more of a, like a evenly weighted hybrid game where he can do it on the ground just as well as he does it in the air. And as far as strength, of schedule goes for this guy. I'm pretty sure he's got a pretty good schedule that favors the running back position all year long, somewhere around the top 10. Um, I don't know about closer to the fantasy playoffs. I haven't looked that far into it, but I'm pretty sure he's around 10 for a schedule. So, and when it comes to pass out, pass catching backs, it really doesn't matter too much. So I'm excited about him for that. But out of these two guys, I'm going to go with McKinnon just because the upside of not, I haven't seen him, but I'm ready to, you know, throw a dart on this guy and uh, let him, you know, get his own role in that offense. I don't think his schedule for running backs is so favorable, but Take my chance. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, especially because you never really seen him do it on its own, so it's kind of interesting to see like what he could do. Yeah, the one thing that does worry about uh, worry me about McKinnon is even when he, like, uh, Cook went out and stuff, he was always battering, battling Latavius Murray and you know for that role. And Latavius Murray ended up you know probably getting more fantasy points than him. But I feel like Matt Asiata was always in there and whatnot, and he just couldn't really – for sure have that role as the second guy or even the first guy after, next up after Cook. So, you know, it worries me, but 
take my chances. We'll see what his ADP does coming to the season. But I think it's going up, 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 up. All right. Uh, our next matchup we're going to talk about is another pretty good comparison. You yeah, know who came up with these? Got Shotgun Steve. Um, Jordan Howard versus Joe Mixon. So the second year man, Joe Mixon, versus the third year man, Jordan Howard. I really like this matchup. I think their styles are very similar, except for the fact that Howard can't really catch the ball at all. And I think Mixon's got a little more of that mixed in his game. Yeah, Jordan Howard does kind of struggle with the pass catching ability, but I I'm sure that's what he's been working on in the off in the off season. I've seen videos on yeah. Especially being a Bears fan, you know, gotta gotta hope for the best. Um, but yeah, he's been working on his pass catching. I've uh, seen it like on Twitter and Instagram with the Chicago Bears. So I mean, the way I see it with Jordan Howard is like I think that the offense is going to be so much better than they were last year. Just bringing in Allen Robinson, bringing in Taylor Gabriel, bringing in Trey Burton, Matt Nagy as the coach. He was really good with the Chiefs last year when he was calling plays. It's just going to make it like so much better for Howard just to get the right opportunities that are right for him instead of just running on first and second down like and them knowing it every time they're going to bring in Cohen he's going to get the passes and that's fine Howard can get him too but he'll get him when the other uh the defense isn't expecting it but he's going to get the carries when he needs them Kareem Hump really thrived in Matt Nagy's offense when he was calling the plays so I really see that for Howard uh this coming year and let's not mention that the Bears have the best strength of schedule when it comes from running backs so Howard's going somewhere in the fourth round I think that's a huge value if you can get him there I think you're really going to love it especially in standard leagues where you don't get points for a reception yeah I would agree because doing mock drafts throughout the uh preseason or before the preseason we've seen uh, Jordan Howard's uh like ADP kind of drop a little bit because they're really not sure like how that Bears offense is going to be but I know you and me definitely love him in a if you can get three running backs in a standard league type of draft because like put him oh, at yeah. the flex position like that's just that's that's cash all day. Yeah, you'll probably end up you'll probably end up spending a third round pick on him, which is perfect. I mean, I honestly I, I could see him moving up into the second round for sure uh, in standard leagues by the time the by the time draft day comes, especially with you know the preseason and whatnot. If you wait to draft until after that, you can. Really see who's getting the carries and whatnot. I mean, he probably won't get too much work in the preseason, but just through minicamp and stuff, we'll see whose role is whose. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for his strength schedule. And then for a guy like Joe Mixon, I mean, we're all just waiting for him to break out. You're going to draft this guy this year, and you're not going to know. You're going to be drafting on the fact that you think he's going to break out, which is the same kind of case with McKinnon and him getting his own role. You know, we're going to draft Mixon, and we're going to – hope that he's breaking out and hope that he can do what everyone expected him to do last year. You know, you got him at a good value last year because of that off the field uh, stuff he had going on in Oklahoma. But, you know, after one year, he, you know, he didn't have the best uh, efficiency and whatnot. But I think in with Gio Bernard still hanging around and whatnot, it's kind of hard for him to get all those carries. But I really think Joe Mixon could be a three down back. Yeah, I think he definitely could. Um, but I do do know that Marvin Lewis likes to utilize his running backs and it's never really a dominant running back as of late. It's usually spread even pretty pretty good. I mean, he, he definitely likes to switch it up and get that change of pace. I mean, they're both smaller backs. So, I mean, they're very, very similar in that sense. So, hopefully they can maintain, um, like, not getting hurt. Because I know Mixon had some injury problems last year, like somewhat. Nothing too crazy, but definitely 
getting banged around. And I mean, their offensive line's getting better. So, yeah, it is. I just it's hard to trust a Cincinnati offense led by Andy Dalton and whatnot. I mean, it's so hit or miss. I feel like some years they're you know him and AJ Green really have that connection, and then they're just booming, and it really opens up the play for the running backs, which probably translates to when Jeremy Hill had a pretty good year and Jerry Bernard's been pretty good over the past few years, but you know, it's it's hard to trust. So when you take a guy like Mixon, you're taking your chances, but the upside is really there, and I like that. Um, out of these two guys, even though I'm a Packers fan, I got to take Jordan Howard. I just really, I thought, I think he's underrated. Even last year, people were kind of disappointed on what he did, but he silently had a pretty good 1,100-yard 11, season, um, had a pretty decent amount of touchdowns, but he only had 125 yards in the era on only 33 targets. And in today's NFL, you got you to gotta be kind of a hybrid back. You got to be able to catch those balls out of the backfield. He only caught 23 of those. So he's got a high bust percentage, but his upside's there. So Yeah, yeah especially if you can get that catching ability um, utilized. I, I remember that one play. I forgot who they were playing, but you remember he? I think he dropped the game-winning touchdown pass, that little fly route. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He knows. Bears being yeah. salty. Yeah, always. <laughs> but, I mean, and also with Mixon, um, I mean, the Bengals haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since 2014. So, like, that's what kind of worries me also about that him. Or Jeremy Hill? Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I remember that before. I think it was the year before. Gio Bernard was really, really good, too. I don't see how both those backs fell off. They looked like both their rookie years and whatnot, they just had such high hopes. They were, like, killing it. And then the next year, like, just completely not fell off but they just weren't doing what we thought they would just continue up on that trend so well jeremy or giovanni bernard did tear his acl so i mean that probably did a little bit to him i think jeremy hill got hurt as well true either way not really an offense i want pieces in but i see i see the upside and if you want to draft a guy like mixon i'm all for it at the right value all right the next matchup we're going to look at is a couple of guys that are probably going to go at the end of the first round if not the beginning of the second depending on how your league drafts um but we're going to look at melvin gordon versus leonard fournette now these guys i see their game very very similar gordon actually caught a lot more balls last year than i thought he would he got 80 targets which is exactly what you want with your running back who seems to have the look of a ground and pound kind of running back who doesn't catch too many balls, kind of like Jordan Howard. But he caught almost 60 of those balls. This is awesome for fantasy, especially in PPR. His value goes up. He seems like a standard guy who's just going to get your touchdowns, you know, play between the 20s and whatnot. But, it's you know, his value goes up. And I really like that about Gordon. He had 1,100 yards on the ground last year, finally got that 1,000 yards. And he almost had 500 in the air. Almost 1,500, or he had 1,500 all-purpose yards. I like that. I would totally invest my first-round pick if it was right at the end of a 12-man, maybe a 12-man you know, been set maybe early second of a ten man. Yeah, I agree. I I'm always a fan of of Gordon. I mean, I traded for him last year in our league, and that was very helpful. So definitely, definitely loved the season he had last year, especially with the receptions. I mean, it definitely makes him more of a versatile back, which is always something you want, especially with a back that's like considered more of a like, like bell cow back. You know, oh, he's I mean, a cow man. I've seen him. I saw this video. I, I didn't actually watch the game, but I saw this video on Twitter one time, and he it was just like the most explosive I've ever seen a running back. I mean, he just ran this guy over, stiff arm him, and just like had like a 30-yard run for a touchdown, put this guy on his back. And I, I always look on the internet. I'm trying to find this play. I just look up best Melvin Gordon plays, and for some reason it's not on the videos, and they're missing the best one of them all, and it pisses me off. 
but I think that video was taken the year that I traded him. When he, <laughs> I drafted him, and then I traded him for like Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. What worked out for me, but I mean, man, how many years of playing standard football do I have to learn not to trade away a running back when he's just number one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was definitely. A, I mean, it worked out for you, like you said, but I mean, it's tough of what you gave up as well. Yeah, I mean, it matters who you got on the bench and who else you got to be your RB one, RB two. So I, I think I had good depth, but. Either way, don't want to throw it away a guy like that. I like Gordon, though. He's got a really good strength of schedule this year. So game script's really going to go his way because their defense is really good. I love Joey Bosa, and I love Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward. I mean, I think they're going to be a top-10 defense this year, and I think they're going to win that division. Yeah, hopefully they can get over the hump of losing um, games within, like, three points. I know last year they had Philip Rivers has got to get to the playoffs, man. Yeah, I mean he's yeah he doesn't have that many years left. So I mean and they they do well every year. It's just they don't they're like the worst team in the NFL at finishing games for some odd reason. I don't I don't understand it. The one thing though is the Chargers. They are great fantasy players. Like I want Chargers on my team all the year. Philip Rivers goes underrated every year. He's always around like a top twelve guy. Maybe you know right around there. Maybe a little outside that, but he gives those games. He's a good like quarterback to spot start and whatnot, and then. Keenan Allen broke out again last year after his good rookie season and passing up all those injuries. Melvin Gordon's just proven that he's he's going to be the franchise running back while he's healthy. So I love that offense. Let's go ahead and talk about Leonard Fournette on the other side. This guy had a really, really, really good beginning of the season last year before injuries kind of started to get to him. I mean, he was, one, he was on pace to be a top five back, I think, top 10 at least. And then his efficiency really went downhill. I think he had six games under three yards of carry. That is just bad. I mean, there's a lot of running backs that you don't even know. When they're out there, they're getting they're better efficiency than that. Yeah, it's tough sometimes when you're the number one running back in the beginning of the season and you'd like try to replicate that towards the end of the se- towards the end of the year. And it's just like the def- or defenses are gonna be playing tougher on you and like watching more tape on you to like kind of understand what was working for him so they probably tried taking that away but I mean he they picked picked it back up especially back in the in the playoffs against yeah. the Steelers I mean he had more touchdowns at Heinz Field than Le'Veon Bell last year which wow, is pretty crazy throwing shots don't listen to this Le'Veon Bell that was gonna <laughs> piss you off <laughs> just saying um, just saying yeah just saying but I mean he got so many carries, though, which is what we expected. And I fully expect that this year. Game script is going to go his way. They have top five schedule again this year. Their defense is amazing. He's going to be on the field a lot. And I don't see why he doesn't keep getting the ball. Go ahead. Give the ball to uh, TJ Geldon or whatnot or Chris Ivory if he's even on the team anymore. Just he's not. give those guys the Yeah, all right, well, whatever. Give those guys the ball. I don't care. Fournette is scoring touchdowns. It seemed like every like if they were within the five, he was rushing touchdowns. I was always following the fantasy app or watching Red Zone. I mean, this guy was always in the end zone. And I want a guy like that on my team. I, I think his ADP is going to go up even more. And I think he's going to be around a top eight pick, especially in a standard league. So I'd be taking him. I don't care. Injuries concern me, but whatever. You can't be thinking someone's getting injured. He's got that foot problem. It is kind of hard to get by. But that defense is so good, and the game script and the scant- uh, strength of schedule, I'm all about it. I'm taking Leonard Fournette out of these two guys. I love him. I think he's going to be really good. I mean, I do think he's got maybe some off-the-field issues. That one game he was suspended and whatnot, but got to take chances in fantasy if you want to win. So I'm taking my chances. He's not getting injured. He's not getting suspended. He's playing 16 games. 
That's how I feel about Gordon. I mean, no worries about the getting suspended, but I think he's going to have a whole whole year where he's healthy and just going to be killing it. Could even potentially be in the running for uh, MVP if he stays healthy all season. I don't see why he couldn't. Yeah, if these guys' values stay around the same, it's going to be hard to choose. But like I said, I'd take Fournette. But if Fournette just went a little bit a little bit too early, I would not mind taking Gordon at all. I really like him. I, think, I like him better than last year. Yeah, and he was – Pretty high on people's list last year too. So I mean, yeah, I think I think he went top five in our draft. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, we did, we have a really running back heavy draft, but especially in a standard league. But uh, he went top five. I mean, Devonta Freeman went top three, and that didn't work out. So, um, but these guys it's all are, about them chances. Yeah, these guys are bruisers though. And like I said, I'll take Fournette. He'll take Gordon. We'll split it down the middle. But we love these guys. All right, our next matchup is probably the most intriguing matchup we have on here. And this is Alvin Kamara versus Saquon Barkley, the rookie. The ex-rookie versus the rookie. Alvin Kamara was just electric last year, man. I mean, he had 13 touchdowns. He had 1,600 all-purpose yards, 101 targets. He caught 85 of those balls. I mean, this guy is a PPR stud. He's a machine. He's a golden trophy. He's exactly what you want on your team. With Mark Ingram out, man, it's hard not to take this guy in the top five. It really is. I'm just scared about him busting. I mean, yeah, he's going to have a little more opportunities in the first, you know, four weeks and whatnot, and that's going to be great, but he didn't get nearly as many carries. But it's what he did with those touches that really made him valuable. We'll see if he can do that again this year, but I don't think I'm willing to spend a top-five pick on him. Yeah, exactly, because like you said with the touches, he didn't have a crazy amount of touches last year, but, I mean, when he had the touches, he – Definitely treated them well and exceeded when he got the ball. But we'll see how much like he truly is going to be used. I mean, especially with the suspension of Mark Ingram. I mean, he's obviously going to be utilized a lot more in the first couple games. Um, but hopefully, like, when he comes back, if he's doing well, that they keep going with that and don't try to go back to last year. I mean, I know, obviously, it worked last year. But I'm sure teams are going to be expecting that. Yeah. I mean, his, his ADP is a little too high for me in a standard league. But PPR... It's going to be tough not to take him right there at the five spot. I mean, he's he's going to get those catches out of the backfield. I don't see why they would stop. You know, if their offensive line's pretty good and Drew Brees is still rolling. Like we said in the quarterback episode, if they're going to keep running and running the ball, I mean, you got to you got to stick with guys in that offense. I think running the ball clears up the space for Michael Thomas, makes Drew Brees even. I mean, it doesn't give him more opportunities to throw touchdowns, but it just it makes it spreads everything open. The whole field is just wider. So I like I like that offense. Yeah, it's less worry on him than it has been in the previous years. You know, because like he was throwing, used to be throwing the ball like 50, 60 times a game, and now he doesn't have to do that, which helps him a lot. Keeps his arm healthier. It can... I'm pumped for Drew Brees. He's about to pass Peyton Manning this year for the all-time passing yeah. yards. I was literally about to bring that up too. It's funny. I don't know if anyone's going to pass him ever, man. I mean, you thought someone couldn't pass Peyton Manning and Drew Brees is still playing. He just signed a two-year contract. I mean, he's going to pass him up by oh yeah, flying, flying colors, man. He's going to be – I mean, we're talking if he plays these two seasons, he'll be close to 80,000. He's at 70,000. You could throw 4,000 each of these next two seasons. He'll be up there, and that's going to be really hard to be. I don't know who's, if anyone's out there that can be that good. I mean, if you thought Brady was good, he's only got 67,000. I say only like that. Yeah, I was about to say only. <laughs> Compared to these guys at the top, though, and where Breeze is about to be, you know, that's it's a lot. I mean, granted, granted, Brady was out for that whole season with the ACL, so I mean, little he's like four, four thousand yards behind, but still. Yeah, I mean, Brady will get out there too. He's gonna pass Peyton as well. So 
But out of the, out of these guys, Barkley, man, it's hard not to pick him. I mean, I've been doing some mock drafts, and I've been taking him around that seven spot, and I don't feel that great, but I feel really good at the same time. I, it gives me like a feeling, you know, like a gambling feeling. Like I'm putting my money down, and I'm shooting for the stars. I'm trying to win big. And I, if Barkley's a better, a bigger prospect than Ezekiel Elliott was a few years ago, and look at Ezekiel's now, I mean, we have no reason to believe. I mean, besides that. The offensive line in New York isn't nearly as good as Dallas, but he's going to get 300 carries. You don't draft a guy in that second in the or second overall and not give him 300 carries. This guy's going to be on the field a lot. I mean, I think at minimum he finishes the top 10 QB or RB. They got OBJ, they got Shepard, they got Ingram. They just signed uh, Soldier on the offensive line. I think that, I mean, their offense just didn't perform last year the way it should have with OBG, OBJ out and Manning just didn't play well. I think they're going to have a bounce back year, and I think Bar- Barkley's going to be the centerpiece of it. Yeah, and I think him being back there is definitely going to take a lot of pressure off Eli as well. He's not going to have to try to force too much because I feel like that's what he was trying to do last Eli's year. Eli's a sleeper. He's a sleeper, man. I see it. Well, he always looks like he's sleeping, but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I I'll just, take him, dude. Double quarterback league. I'll take him a second quarterback. I'll wait to the no end. No way. Okay. I'll take. I'll wait to the end, man. Dude. He probably um, won't even go I'll, drafted. I, the quarterbacks are valuable. Exactly. I'll take him my last pick. I'll get every pick that I think is valuable before that. And I'll take you could pick him. Last pick. You could pick him for any game you want because he's probably going to be there. It's fine. I'll take him my la- last pick. It's fine. He's going to be a. But I mean, it's not bad. Eighteen quarterback. Especially with um, Odell back healthy, Shepard's probably going to be healthy again i know he had was battling some injuries as well but i think barkley being back there especially with how athletic he is he's a he's a freak like i, I still don't still don't know why the browns didn't pick him at one i mean you, you want the best athlete available i feel like he definitely was hey man that's a baker i mean <laughs> look at that look at that history man i mean it, it repeats I itself know. you know like it's it's so hard to watch them take quarterback after quarterback, and it's so hard to imagine one of them actually being successful. I do think the Browns are going to be better this year, and I don't think it's going to be because Baker Mayfield. I think it's because their management actually did a good job and got weapons, and they have a good team now. But somehow they'll still find a way to lose. But I think they can maybe win eight games. We'll see. They'll be They're com- not going to win that division, though. They won't ever win that division with the Steelers there. No. I mean, they'll be competitive, but I don't think they have the experience, obviously, with winning, so it's going to be harder for them to – close out games Man. Man, like, i gotta rewind i just talked about the browns in in the same sentence as winning the division i don't know what the hell i'm talking about hey apparently they're a playoff contender to a lot of the analysts and stuff so i don't want to hear it they're all saying like i just said that they can win eight games i don't want to hear it i want to see them win five games in their first 10 games and maybe i'll consider them winning eight but there's yeah. no way yeah i gotta see them like, win one at least yeah you're right one game I don't care. But Tyrod on the ground, man. I mean, I think Kim and why is Carlos Hyde so underrated? Why do people not think he's going to be good? Didn't he have a pretty good year last year in San Francisco he did. as far as like fantasy goes? Yeah. I don't think he was that productive, but he had a pretty good fantasy year. He got a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, he definitely put up numbers. I mean, I don't, I never really understood why he wasn't utilized more. He's going, he's going like really, really late in drafts. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's really, it's really confusing to know what's going on in that backfield i mean especially with uh nick everywhere Trump. so the it's just offense, like man yeah. you don't know if you should pick landry you don't know if you should take Corey coleman you don't know if you should take joku as a tight end you don't know anything we gotta watch hey I man mean, 
they're the best wide receiver crew in the in the league, apparently. To I know the, Josh Gordon. I know the answer. I know the answer. Yeah, Josh Gordon too. I know the answer. Don't draft any Browns. Same as every year. Don't risk it. No point. There's no point. I feel like the only two that are like are worth it are obviously Gordon and Landry. I feel like Landry he'll still get his, especially PPR. I mean he's a he's a machine in PPR. So yeah, I'm anxious to see what Josh Gordon could do with a full season actually preparing. He says they're the best wide receiver corps in the league. So guess we'll have to see. But I don't know if I'll be a part of it. Maybe at the right value. Hopefully he stays off the weed, <laughs> as Stephen A. would say. Yeah, and he's like everyone's saying like oh. You know, maybe he's not going to be as good because he's not going to be all high and messed up during games. I'm like, yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's going to be amazing. Yeah, so, an athletic freak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, maybe take my chances of that guy. But out of Kamara and Barkley, uh, man, Barkley's price, I don't know exactly where it's going to be. It might be right around Kamara's come draft day, but I might have to go with whatever guy. I mean, depending on what spot I'm in, if Barkley's like going to be a better value and I can be a little closer to that turn. I'll take Barkley over Kamara all day. I think he's just going to be amazing. And I don't see why he won't have just as good of a rookie season as Ezekiel Elliott did, if not better, because he's going to be catching the ball too. So PPR leagues, love him. Yeah, it really just depends on how that offensive line is, but I, I don't see him having a bad season. Yeah, and the Giants don't have uh, the best strength of schedule, but I'm pretty sure they have a pretty good playoff strength of schedule. So down the road, if you're there, Barkley's really going to help you in the end. Hopefully, win the fantasy football championships. You know, chips, chips. Yeah, chips, chips, chips. All right, let's get to our last matchup. We just got past the most intriguing one. We left one at the bottom that's a little less interesting, but it's a couple guys that deserve to be talked about. Um, they're in interesting situations. They're not as high up as guys like Kamara and Barkley and Gordon and Fournette, uh, but these guys are in offenses that. Well, one's going to be electric if everything goes as planned as it did last year, and the other one's not so exciting. We're talking about Kenyon Drake, and we're talking about Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller is not being drafted very high, and Kenyon Drake's ADP has been pretty steady all offseason, somewhere around the fourth round. Um, Kenyon Drake really, really down the stretch last year. He was a top ten back. I mean, he was he was really, really good when he got the when he got the touches. I just don't know if he's going to get those touches all year. I mean, the Dolphins went out and got Frank Gore. I don't know how he's still walking. I mean, that guy's going to die soon. He's pretty old, like 50 years old or something. Um, but I don't know why they don't just give Kenyon Drake the ball. They had to go make him feel insecure getting Frank Gore. And Frank Gore's like a bruiser back. I don't know. It pisses me off. It really does. I want Kenyon Drake. Everyone thought he was going to be really good and have a good season. And hoping he still can. I mean, I feel like he could be a good value at where he's – um, where his ADP is, because I mean, yeah, because I mean he he did very well at the end of the season last year. I yes, mean he did. He beat and, me. <laughs> and I don't see why they wouldn't try to uh, replicate that and do it again. I mean I know their offense is kind of shaky, especially sucky. compared to last year. Yeah, with you mean sucky. I mean they got rid of yeah. I, yeah, there's they're sucky. It's never I mean, a great situ- it's never a great situation when you go from Jake Cutler to Ryan Tannehill. I mean that's not the ideal situation. To, coming off an ACL you know, tear. Yeah, it's that's not who you want. You'd hope that you're maybe getting Andrew Luck back or something healthy like the Colts. I mean that's got way more upside than Ryan Tannehill. And I don't even know who their receivers are. Devontae Parker's th- somehow still relevant. People like him this year, and they got Amendola. I mean, Kenny Stills. As much as I as much. And that guy's underrated every year. But as much as I don't want any Browns, 
I think I don't want Dolphins even more. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like I'd rather have a few Browns than the Dolphins, pr- probably at every position. Maybe not running back, but every the other NFL position. Need, the NFL needs the Browns to be relevant and again. And I think if the Dolphins and the Browns switch places, I don't think anyone will be mad except Dolphins fans. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and between Drake and Miller, I mean, Miller, honestly, when Deshaun Watson was healthy, Miller was killing it, dude. I think he was on your team or someone. I forgot whose team, but he was really good. He was getting a lot of work. I mean, that just shows how much, like, when your offense is actually rolling and your little attention is off the running back. Because I remember when Lamar Miller went to Houston, he was, like, I think he was a top 10 fantasy pick that year, and he was a bust. But that's because he had all the attention. They were stacking the boxes on those guys, and their quarterback play was just awful. And I think when Deshaun Watson was spreading it out and whatnot, he was able to do so much more, Lamar Miller. And with Hopkins like being one of the best wide receivers in the league, I really like Mar- Lamar Miller. I think his ADP is much lower than where his upside is. His upside is way up there. And he's a guy I'm going to be targeting in drafts at the right price. Yeah, definitely, especially with his uh, pass-catching ability. I mean, he's very versatile in that aspect. I mean, like you said, during last year, I had him in a in the double quarterback league we have, and it's uh, half-point PPR, and, like, he didn't get that many rushing yards every every game, but, I mean, he was getting those passes, getting those catches, and getting receiving yards, too, to add on to what he was doing on the ground. Which So, I mean, he would get, like, 60 and 60, but, I mean, that's still 12 points plus any catches but that he's getting. The- this was like strictly when Watson was healthy. I'm yeah. pretty sure though, wasn't it? Yeah, not yeah, not when Tom Savage was taking control like it, of everything. It was a big it was a big enough sample size to show the direct correlation between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Miller. And I really think they could be a three headed monster, kinda like what they got going in um in Pittsburgh, even though I'm not comparing Lamar Miller to Le'Veon Bell at all. But with the play of Deshaun Watson probably excelling over Ben Roethlisberger, you know, kind of evens out the triangle uh, for the team. And I think it could be another high-flying offense. And we've talked about that before with Deshaun Watson in the last episode. I'm sure we'll talk about Hopkins on the wide receiver debate episode. But I like Lamar Miller. I think at his ADP, I'd rather pick him than Drake. Drake's kind of throwing a dart, and you're kind of hoping that he's going to get all those carries and be as good as he was last year. But I think Miller, I mean, as like as low his as he's going in drafts and whatnot, I think it might be a better value pick. Yeah, because I mean the offense is easily going to be better in Houston just because of the weapons that they do have. So I mean, obviously he's not going to be as much as a focused threat as like says Hopkins is going to be the number one guy that everyone's going to try to take away. So I mean, it's a playoff leave, team. Yeah, it's going to leave Miller available to take some ground when they back up. Because I mean, yeah, I mean. Hopkins did well with and without Watson last year, so I don't see him slowing down at all. Yeah, guys, out there, I mean, the one thing I would just always suggest to people, and sometimes I don't even follow it myself because on draft day there's so much stuff going through your head, take players on good fantasy offenses, offenses that score a lot of points whether they win games or not. Pick players on that are going to be in a lot of shootouts because their defense isn't that good, but their offense is good. I mean, those are that's what you need in fantasy. You're not trying to pick necessarily – guys on teams that win all the time i mean you are but if they're all, if they're the jaguars last year and they're not scoring that many points every game their defense is doing it all i mean you can't really justify picking a, a player on that team that's not getting the looks but they're winning games so you want to pick guys like 
Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins. Or, I mean, their defense is okay, but, I mean, you look like, like the Seahawks and whatnot, their defense really took a downgrade. So guys like Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson and even those running backs, which I know I've talked about that I don't like, I mean, all those guys have upside because they're going to be a lot of shootouts, So especially the pass-catching pass down backs and whatnot. So, like I said, pick guys and good offenses. Not good offenses, but good fantasy offenses, guys that are going to be in a lot of shootouts. That's what you want. So really look, kind of look at the last few years and which teams have been those teams and target those guys. So that'd be like one of my top pieces of advice. Yeah, I'd have to agree because, I mean, you don't want – I mean, you want the best players, but sometimes the best players don't play the full game because their team's like that good to the point where other people are getting playing time or if they're up by so much, they're not going to keep their best players in the game the whole time. You don't want to lose a game because your best wide receiver was taken out because they're up by 28 in the fourth quarter or something like that. So, I mean, you want to be able to have guys that are going to be in those type of games too. I mean, like, what's a bad team out there? I mean, the Ravens or something like that. Do I want to invest a high pick on Alex Collins or one of their running backs, if even though they're, like, not 100% going to get all the carries, but their team's not going to be that good. So... I don't want to. I don't want guys on that offense. Like we said, the Dolphins. Like Kenyon Drake, we're comparing to Lamar Miller here. I don't know if I want Kenyon Drake. Are they gonna run the ball a lot? I mean, he catches passes out of the backfield, but I don't think I want any Dolphins. Like I said, so you know, there's some teams out there, and like it's kind of speculation with like David Johnson in Arizona. How good is their offense gonna be? I mean, I like Larry Fitz and I like Sam Bradford. I think he's a better. I think he's a better quarterback than Carson Palmer was at this age or at, at his age when he retired and obviously much better than uh, Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert and whatnot. Oh, so, yeah. Is Blaine, is Blaine Gabbert the quarterback? Was that the 49ers? I think he played for, he played for both, I'm pretty sure. Sounds like he played for both. Yeah. I don't remember what team he played for. Yeah, it's the type of quarterback that plays for everybody. And he's a backup. He's making good money, and he's just, you know, losing games and no one cares. Well... People are caring. I don't care. Uh, I'm, just picture this. You're a backup quarterback. you got to go out there. But no one really expects that much. I mean, they really want you to play well. But if you don't, I mean, we're just like, oh, man. It sucks that our starter got injured. That's all they can say. Yeah. I mean, and you're making money. I mean, yeah, you're losing, but you're a backup quarterback. You're not expected to win. What an awesome role. I mean, the best, the next best role is practice smart quarterback. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, still though, you as like a, by defenses for an NFL team, like you don't want just because your quarterback goes out, like your whole team no, is just I mean, like, obviously. Yeah, I'm a Packers fan. Aaron Rodgers goes down. We got Brent Hundley trying to lead the way the whole time, and I loved like Brent Hundley. I thought like him learning from Aaron Rodgers, even just for a year or two, was gonna be good for him. But he only had like one decent fantasy game, and everything. It just it just never it never worked out, and. It was kind of sad to watch. It was very sad. But I, I kept enjoyed thinking, it all. like, if if only Aaron was, if only he was healthy, we'd be a playoff team. And hopefully that defense takes some steps up this year, man. And I like what they did in the draft, but man, they suck on defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It looks, I hope that uh, Trubisky can carve him up, though. So I hope it's not too good. Yeah, I don't know if those are. Going to be the words you'll be saying this year. I think Aaron so. Rodgers carving up that overrated Bears defense. Nah, they just got better, man. I ain't worried about them. I like the way this podcast is going. Us arguing about the Bears and the Packers. I think it's going to go like that a lot during the season. Oh, it will. It definitely will. Because I think, I think it's about to be the Bears' turn here soon. 
I'm sick. I'm sick of the. I'm sick of the Packers beating us, man. Hey, man, that division's getting tight. If the Packers actually do take a step back forward, the Bears are taking a step forward. That's going to be a tough one to win, and I think the NFC North's going to be representing a wild card spot for sure. Oh yeah, I I, I can see three teams easily making it out of there. Easily, mm-hmm. the Bears are easily going no, to the playoffs. No, I, I can huh? no like the like the Lions aren't <laughs> still like they're still not a bad team. I mean, yeah, they're they're taking last probably, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what um, what they can do this year. But anyway, NFC North, Packers are the best. Uh, this this episode's going to be over now. I mean, the Bears are just not that good. I'll bring that up again. Um, but yeah, we had a good time today. I love talking running backs. They're my favorite part of the fantasy football, especially in a standard league. We talked some Arby's. We got the meats. We're trying to get you guys some chips. Some sites. A couple weeks, I'll maybe hopefully a week or two. We'll bring a... Another positional debate with the wide receiver, the tight ends. Maybe we'll put a poll out there and see what you guys want us to um, come at you with the next episode. But for now, that's what we got on the running backs. We hope you gave you some good advice. Um, you know, just helping you prepare all summer long for draft day. We really want to get you on the right track for when draft day comes. Help you lead you towards that fantasy football championship. Or how we say, set your sights on it. Be a fantasy football marksman. Scope the right guys out in the draft. Get your guys. It's never too early to get the guy that you think is going to be the best. And just remember, shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. Winners get chips. (laughs) (laughs) Winners get chips. All right. Yeah, winners get chips. Winners get chips. All right, here we go. We're out. Colin, I had a good time. This is Shotgun Steve. That's Colin A. Tay. Thanks for listening to the Shotgun Fans Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Shotgun Fancy. Go to our website, shotgunfancy.com. About to update our rankings, post some articles, get your read on. Let's get it. Woo! Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, have a good day, everyone.